it's time to get informed and inspired. This is Saturday Morning Live, sponsored by Asset Advisors, LLC, at Linden Sheet Metal on KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and KGMI.com. Good morning. Good morning, Whatcom County, Island County, San Juan County, Skagit County, and any county, anybody out there this morning. It's Saturday Morning Live. And yes, this is your host, Chris Halterman, here today. I'm going to start off today with a little bit of what I have not, I have not, I've not given you the pleasure of common sense. I spell that C-E-N-T-S in a long, long time. But I do have some for you today. So this November, I want to know, folks, will you be voting for porn and sexualized kids, enabling drug use, abortion on demand up until the date of birth, maybe even beyond, converting everything to wind and solar, no more liquid natural gas, taking down the dams? Are you going to vote for more jabs for jobs, or are you going to vote for crime reduction, inflation reduction, educational excellence, no jabs for jobs, energy independence, police protection, drug enforcement, and border enforcement. And of course, all of that, that is really important. We must elect political leadership here who are going to work on building a new jail to detain, to arraign, and to place people who have broken the law into enforced and proper placement for mental health, drug rehab, and or criminal detention. Please, folks, that really counts on you voting. And I don't care. I, I was, I, I've been knocking on doors, and I've been hearing people say, I don't vote, I don't vote, or I don't believe in voting anymore. Your vote is your voice. If you don't like what's going on, stop yelling at the TV, the radio, or your boss, or your friends, or your family. Get out and vote. Elect the people who are going to represent you. We are a representative republic. So every time you hear them talk about democracy, democracy is your getting to vote because we vote democratically. But we are a representative republic, and we elect people to represent all of us. Which brings me to a beautiful article that my friend, Lorraine Newman, also for, uh, fondly known as Frick, wrote an article on term limits, which you can find at smllibertyroad.com. That's smllibertyroad.com. And it's all on term limits. You know, about Senator Murray. She's been in there 30 years, five terms. Congressman Larson, 22 years, seven terms, and is your life any better? Think about it. You want term limits? You can do term limits, it, but it will take you to get out and vote. So with that, um, today we're going to have a couple of guests. My first guest will be candidate for the 42nd District, position two, Dan Johnson. He's also the former owner of Johnson's Towing, and that's on the first half of the show. The second half of the show, I have... Um, someone who I've not met, but uh, I'm going to be talking to Lori Williams, and we're going to be talking about no on Proposition 5, which is, what is Proposition 5? Well, it is a property tax, an increased property tax that you 
will either vote yes or no for in order to provide more money in order for the county to dole out child care dollars. And we're going to talk to Lori about why this is a bad idea, why it was a bad idea in the first place, and solutions for that. With that, I want to start off with um, Dan Johnson. Good morning, Dan. How you doing? Good. Good morning. Thanks for having me on today. And so I usually like to have people give a brief uh, kind of who you are, but it's specifically what what was the catalyst that got you to decide, because it, you have to think long and hard about running for office. What was it that did that for you? Boy, it's not, what do we got, about 20 minutes here? I don't know that it's going to be an extremely short answer. I'll condense it. So I've been in Whatcom County since I was six years old. I have my business here, raised my family here, and I've, I've lived here, went to school here. Uh, about a year and a half ago, our son got out of the Marine Corps and my wife and I traveled cross country to go get him up on the East coast and bring him home after his uh, term had ended. And so on the drive back, you know, America's a beautiful nation, but we realized that the Pacific Northwest is just gorgeous and it's a, a great area. And there are some problems that we're experiencing in Washington state, all of which I'm sure we'll talk about in the next 20 minutes. And, you know, my wife and I had considered at one point, you know, we had sold the business and thought, hey, you know, let's let's move somewhere else and let's leave. But then I realized, you know, I'm, I'm not one to run from a fight. I'm not going to run from a problem. And so we decided to draw a line in the sand. And if you're not going to be, you know, part of the solution, I guess you're part of the problem. So I wanted to be part of the solution and I wanted to to throw my hat in the ring and get in there and uh, try to make Washington uh, a great place to live and fix some of the issues that we see in the news all day, every day. Well, I, am, I, I have to agree with you very, very much. I know that you, I, I imagine that you have lost uh, a lot of friends and family who have moved out of the area. And, and I tell them I understand, I really do get it. But at the same time, running away doesn't mean that that problem isn't going to follow you. You know, it just makes it so they have to spend less dollars here doing what they did to, you know, change this state and spend more dollars where you move to to do the same. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk to Dan about those issues that are are important to him and hopefully to you as well. This is Saturday Morning Live. We'll be right back. This is Dick Donahue with Asset Advisors, and for over 12 years, we have been bringing you Wealth Wake Up every Saturday and Sunday. Saturday, we focus on investment management, retirement, tax planning topics, and some of the political influences on your planning for the future. And on Sunday, we focus on the latest economic updates for the United States and globally. During these challenging political and economic times, we try to provide you the latest information to assist you in your decision making. Call us at 360-733-1200. Go to our website at Wealth Wake up.com and join us live at 11 a.m. on Saturdays or 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings here on KGMI. The opinions voiced on Wealth Wake Up with Dick Donahue are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial, or tax advisor prior to investing. Guests on Wealth Wake Up are not affiliated with CWM LLC. 
Al Ostrander here, retired law enforcement and small farmer. We all know life is getting expensive. Healthcare costs are out of control, and that's why Sharon Shoemake capped the price of drugs like insulin in our state. Sharon Shoemake isn't afraid to stand up to big corporations like tobacco and drug companies. Now they're spending record amounts on attack ads on TV and in your mailbox. Don't believe their lies. I trust Sharon Shoemake. She works for you and me, not the big corporations. Paid for by people for Sharon Democrat. When bad weather comes, be prepared. At Linden Sheet Metal, they can keep you comfortable all winter. They have a full-service HVAC department that can install a new heat system or a generator to keep the lights on. Linden Sheet Metal is also your one-stop for all your plumbing and electrical needs. Whether you need service, repair, or replacement of your heating, plumbing, or electrical systems, Linden Sheet Metal has you covered. Call them today. Linden Sheet Metal, providing quality work in the Northwest for over 80 years. The opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of KGMI or the Cascade Radio Group. Welcome back. It's Saturday Morning Live. We're live. We're about liberty and we are focused on you. My name is Chris Halterman, your host today. And currently we are talking to candidate for the 42nd District Position 2, Dan Johnson, and Dan sort of gave us a little bit of catalyst of what got him in to be a candidate. Um, Just like uh, most of us, it's like, stop yelling at the TV and get in there and do something. You know, get active, move, do something. Don't react, be active and, and have it. When you have an action, then they have to react to your action. So, Dan, there's a lot of issues, and I know I kind of went off on a lot of those, but for you, what are your, let's say, top three issues for now? Uh, That's pretty easy to answer. So uh, public safety, the economy, and uh, the housing crisis. So, you know, we start, start at the top with public safety, and one of the primary functions of government is public safety. Mm-hmm. And as we've seen in the last uh, two sessions, roughly 18 months, we've seen such a, a spike in crime. And that's resulted in a, a host of bad bills that were in the, what would that be, the 2021 session. And then there was some remedy in the earlier session this year, but there's still a lot of work to be done to get us back to the place where the law enforcement professionals that are trained in public safety and that are there to protect and serve, that they can, again, go and do their job. So solution-wise for that, you want to yes. repeal what was done in 2021, 2021? Or, or are you wanting to tweak? Or are there other, you know, I mean, you want to repeal and replace? What, do you, what, do you, what, are, what are your thoughts? It, that's a very good question, and thank you for asking it. So I'm not a law enforcement representative myself. Mm -hmm. So I am therefore not an expert in my, in that field. However, we do have experts and stakeholders in that field, such as uh, Sheriff Bill Elfo, who has endorsed me and uh, retired Bellingham police chief Flo Simon, as well as the Washington council of police and sheriffs. And they've all endorsed me. And those are the stakeholders that I'm going to have conversations with to find out out of all the bills that were passed, what was good, what was bad, what needs to be adjusted, where do we need to go to bring safety back into our streets? But I'm not going to be the one to sit here and just start saying 
all of these things that need to be done without consulting with the professionals and experts in that field. So they're basically letting you know these are the things that are preventing us from doing our job. This is what needs to happen in order for us to be able to do our job. And I'm pretty sure, and I know that you're, you know, this is a state position that you're working for. Is there something that, that you believe that the state can do in helping this county to get our jail replaced? That's a great question as well. There's and some grant yes, money I've, out there. Something? I've, I've, well, yeah, there has to be at the the county level, but also as I've been researching, as a legislator, you can uh, pull money from the capital budget and get it brought into your district as well. And so you you bring capital funds back to your area to help your area with the specific needs they have. And when you talk about the jail, that is such a, a, a huge hill to climb but now. it's one that needs to be climbed <laughs> yeah 30 years later you you can right you can fix all of the laws that you want to fix if you have nowhere to put the criminals to either serve time or await trial then you kick them back out on the street and they just keep reoffending because the the process hasn't taken place they haven't been tried you know in a court they haven't served their time the rehabilitation hasn't taken place all those things so yeah the jail is a huge component Okay, so let's move on to another one. You said the economy. Yes. So um, we all know what's, well, the number one thing that's wrong with the economy is that we, it took so long to get fully open and we have a labor shortage that mm-hmm. is huge. I mean, I don't know any area in the business sector that isn't, the people who are working are getting burned out because they're having to work so much because they can't get fully staffed and then the businesses cannot be fully open. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the labor shortage comes from uh, people wanting to get out and do jobs and go to work. Mm-hmm. And when you have over the last several years, we've seen unemployment benefits that got bumped from, you know, 26 weeks to 50 weeks to 99 weeks. And what's the incentive for somebody to go out and get a job? Mm-hmm. But then when you look at that also, there's a, a training component is that we look at our high schools and be able to expand in the high school programs to get people maybe into the trades on the job training or some sort of a, a release program where they can go out and uh, learn that stuff in their, their last couple of years of high school. But also, uh, as a Marine, I know that we took what's called the ASVAB, which is the Armed Services Vocational Aptitude and Battery Test, and that is designed to tell you where your strengths and weaknesses are. And so if we can have high schoolers take that and they can know the direction of what their strengths and maybe interests are, that'll help drive people into, you know, certain certain categories to help fill those needs. As far as economy and business goes, as a business owner for as long as I was, raised in the family business, and mm-hmm. as you are a multiple-generation business owner in your family as well, you understand that uh, Washington State is very regressive in its taxes against businesses. And mm-hmm. that's what trickles down and affects everything else as you go all the way down there's a recent study that said Washington State is regressive to its citizens, but they're only talking about cap taxes like sales tax and the gas tax. Right. But when you get businesses that are having to pay so much money into state taxes, and I ran quick numbers with my wife, and the last year we owned our business, we paid more in state taxes through our business than I took home in a wage that year. Yeah, well, and, and you have to remember that for every regulation – for every fee, for every tax, that is actually friction on the actual operations of a business, and it's and it prevents business growth. 
And right. the and the best and the fastest way to to affect positively an economy is to have the money that you take in as a business go directly back out into the community, okay? Right. Not to be siphoned off down in Olympia where they then take it a piece of it for whatever and then eventually a small percentage of it gets to wherever it's supposed to go. That money when it goes directly right back into the economy means that that dollar that you spent lasts that much longer and then it that is growing the economy, growing the pie and to me, that means we need to have a big, strong look, look at our, reg, our regulatory reform so we do not have duplicative regulatories right. you know, on, on businesses and really take a strong look at how we are feeing and taxing ourselves uh, basically into poverty. And taking a look at our state agencies and how they're able to do their job because the bigger a state agency gets, the more money it takes to operate it, the more money it takes to operate it, the more tax it goes towards the businesses to pay for that regulatory agency. So we build an efficiency standard in the state agencies. And they're also competing with the private sector. Correct. And that's wrong. They should never be competing with the private sector. That's not the intent. The intent, like you said, for for government is public safety. Right. To, the, to have the ability to live, to work, to play in your community. And that means that you have somebody out there making sure that you don't have to worry about your home burning down or being robbed or the fact that, you know, or, or something something else nefarious is going to happen in your life and that you have roads and trails or whatever form of transportation, you know, that you can get to and from work and to be able to co- provide commerce on between yourself in the community or in the state or outside of the state. I mean, those are the things that are, seem to be, they're lost down there in Olympia. <laughs> yes, they are. Yes, they are. And what um, about energy? Okay, we have an energy need. We have the capacity, but we are, I mean, gas. They want to take away our ability to even have natural gas in our homes to heat and to cook with. Um, and, and they want to take down those dams. They're adding more and more taxes onto fossil fuels, and everything, in my personal opinion, everything begins with energy, okay? It is the first building block of, any, of everything in our life. And if we don't have a hold on having reliable, affordable, um, and redundant energy, I mean, how do we grow? And when we talk about energy and the big topic this year has been the Snake River Dam, the lower Snake River dams and whether they should be removed or not. If I remember correctly, earlier this year, the number was uh, that the governor looked at $31 billion. Five dams. Yeah, but $31 billion mm-hmm. to remove them. Mm-hmm. So it's cost prohibitive to take them out. But then I did a little bit more research, and the reason they want to take those dams out, those hydroelectric dams, is because of the, the salmon runs they feel are being impeded. And yet this year they're reporting uh, the best, uh, I think, the run of the chums in the last five or six years. Mm-hmm. So they're getting a, a record return or a great return at least. But let's also take a look at what those hydroelectric dams do as far as producing energy. And they're throwing out enough energy to supply 800,000 households in Washington state. So now if we look at it and say that there's 7 million people in the state of Washington 800,000 households, not people, but households. And then you throw a couple people in each household. That's well over 10% of our our energy Mm -hmm. is coming out of those lower dams right there. 
And when there's such a push for electrification, why would we get rid of sources of electricity? It doesn't make sense to me. No. Well, none of it makes any sense to me. I mean, the thought of wind and solar is just very warm and fuzzy, okay? Because it sounds great. But there are so many problems uh, with expense, with um, longevity, you know, the life expectancy of them. Um, the the materials that uh, are made that you know required to make them, how you dispose of them, and you know in comparison and the footprint. I mean the footprint. When we talk about wanting to preserve this beautiful state, that only about ten percent of it is you know really been developed, and you, then you want to take all of that landscape and then what put solar panels, solar farms, put wind farms out there, and, and I just. To me, it seems ludicrous. Until you can resolve those issues, we need to make sure that we have the energy. I mean, we don't we don't need people to to be cold unnecessarily because Correct. they can't afford to heat their homes, or to not be able to get themselves to work or to the hospital or to family functions because they can't afford gas and cars. You know, I mean, let's not even, let's not go there. Okay, EVs by what twenty thirty, um, and we don't have. I mean, I went to a um, a meeting where PSC locally here said there is no way, folks, no way that they can have the infrastructure in place to be able to accommodate going totally electric on our vehicles. And so when they talk about that, they need to be held accountable to say, okay, um, you know, how is that possible? And you talk about that infrastructure, that's for certain uh, part of the problem. So I just want to throw out there real yeah, quick. Go for it. We've got to wrap you, it up. When you talk about solar and wind power, as I travel across this country, I see the uh, the windmill turbine blades mm-hmm. are being shuttled down the interstate, and they're actually, in their disposal, they're burying them in the ground That's in right. Iowa and in Wyoming. Our farming land. Our farmland is now going to be the final resting place for a lot of these wind turbine blades. That's right, and they're toxic. So, all right. Yeah. Um, Okay, we got to wrap it up. Any very final thoughts before we go? Vote Dan Johnson. Okay, thank you very much. Good luck on your candidacy. Uh, we got to take a break, and this is Saturday Morning Live. We come back, we're going to be talking to Lori Williams about no on Prop 5. Trust is a powerful word, but when's the last time you heard it referenced when talking about auto repair? Hi, I'm John Beebe, owner of Burlington Automotive. Woven through each of our team members is this core value, that we will deliver trusted auto repair. There is nothing less for us. Whether you're new to the area or simply looking for a new place to care for your vehicles, I assure you that Burlington Automotive will be a great choice for you. Thank you, Skagit Valley, for the many years of trusting us. Find out more about us at BurlingtonAutomotive.com. You've heard the news stories. You've seen the headlines. Your business has likely already experienced it. Thefts, break-ins, malicious vandalism, trespassing, any or all of these can put your business out of business. Hi, I'm Mark Land, Operations Manager at Pacific Security in Bellingham. Yes, it's time to call the experts. That's us, Pacific Security. We specialize in on-site security guards and patrol services for industrial and commercial clients. Let Pacific Security fill the gaps left by law enforcement agents 
agencies that are stretched to their limits. On-site guards, patrol, and on-demand response security options are available, and as a former law enforcement officer, I know how to tailor them to your needs. Pacific Security. We have five security offices across Washington State and have been protecting Pacific Northwest businesses and events since 1972. Call now and talk to me, Mark Lan, at 800-743-2737 or go to our website at PACSecurity.com. His commitment to Northwest Washington dates back five generations. Our Congressman Rick Larson. Brought up in a family of eight kids, Rick was raised with the value of hard work. The same way Rick and his wife Tia raised their own two boys. Larson understands the pressure facing families when it comes to the rising cost of living. And why he just passed the new Inflation Relief Act that starts lowering costs by reducing prescription drug prices for Washington seniors. And caps insulin costs at $35. Rick sees the big picture. That's why he just helped pass bipartisan legislation bringing semiconductor manufacturing back to America. Larson's bill eases supply chain issues and means more good-paying jobs, all while lowering prices on cars and electronics. Common sense, practical solutions for working families and local business. That's always been Rick's approach to making a difference for growing our local economy. Rick Larson, Congress. I'm Rick Larson and I approve this message. Paid for by citizens to elect Rick Larson. The latest local news and important topics of the day from the West Mechanical Studio. A properly operating furnace will guarantee that you stay comfortable as the seasons change. Contact West Mechanical Heating, Air Conditioning, and Electric for a system inspection today at westmechanical.net. Get the latest news and information 24-7 with KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and KGMI.com. CBS News Brief. President Biden says the attack on House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's husband is despicable and condemned political violence. It's reports that the same chant was used by this guy they have in custody that was used on January 6th in the attacks on the U.S. Capitol. The chant was, where is Nancy? Paul Pelosi suffered serious injuries. He was struck with a hammer. Elon Musk wants to make Twitter a digital town square. CBS News political analyst Leonard Steinhorn cautions. A major platform in our political culture is now in the hands of a single billionaire who has his own strong opinions. There's far more consequence to what Elon Musk imagines for Twitter than what anyone can shout outside the White House. Older Americans being urged to get an extra strength flu vaccine. You just want to give them a little extra boost in the immunity. That's Dr. Nikhil Bahami, an infectious disease consultant. CBS News Brief. I'm Linda Kenyon. Welcome back. It's Saturday Morning Live. Where we're live, we're about liberty, and we are focused on you. My name is Chris Halterman, your host today. And in studio with me for the second half is Lori Williams. Lori Williams is the chair of the No on Prop 5. What is Prop 5? Well, Prop stands for property tax. It's number 5. Probably just happens to be the number 5 that was on the list at the time of everything that came through. Uh, what it is, though, is a $0.19 cent per $1,000 valuation of your home Um levy lift okay so they're going above and beyond what they're allowed to raise your property taxes so currently if you add that 19 cents on to the existing child care property tax you'll be child taxed 94 cents 
per $1,000, which if you go ahead and take the average cost of a home in Whatcom County at about $650,000, that is $611 for your property taxes for the year. And this money is to send money down to the state who will then give it back to Whatcom County to be doled out to, I guess, those people who are deserving of receiving extra child care funds. But if they created the problem, which I believe they did, and I'll tell you that later as we get into the show, how is that a solution to just tax more money? Are there other solutions? What are the problems with this particular, um, with the child care that's going on in Whatcom County? That's why I brought Lori Williams in to talk about this, and I'm going to let her briefly introduce herself um, so that you know who she is and why she got involved with No on Prop 5. Good morning. Thank you for having me. I got in on the the No for Prop 5, um, one, because just because we are we're in a we're in a state um we have an issue with the amount of money that's leaving the family's pockets right now mm-hmm. due to the economy due to the covid-19 restrictions due to a million different things that are out there i feel and this is my own feeling mm-hmm. that people should not have to pay another tax to support another entity when we've already have an abundance of resources available in our in our county and we're very lucky to have those um and like you stated earlier i th- we all think that this was a created nightmare mm-hmm. by uh the the chapter 17296a wac which is a licensed family home child care standards if you pull that up, it's 45 pages of requirements. So the good old person that used to want to take care of children, now they cannot do that because they are being restricted to the point that it's worth. It's not even worth their time. Right. Um, the other part of this is is it's like a lick 'em and stick 'em. You know, let's. It's not working, so let's lick it and stick it and see what else we can do about it. We've already done that. If you pull your records from your property assessment, you will see that we are already paying into a homeless fund. We are paying into mental illness. We are paying into disability. We are paying into a ton of programs that are already, that our county has already had us as taxpayers, property taxpayers, pay. Okay. And can I tell you why we have all these special levies on there? Please do. Because... It's a way for them to get it out of their budget and to be able to increase their budget without really increasing their budget because they take it to the voters. They, they help promote these special levies and they tug on the heartstrings of all the people and say, it's just a latte a week. Come on, folks. It's just that's a lot of lattes that it's come up to anymore. When you talk about, you know, and, I, and this is this is just me. This is not Lori talking. OK, that EMS levy. $2.95 per $1,000 when they already have six years of reserves in the bank. And they had, uh, the, the, this, is, this is an expiring special levy. Okay, special levies all expire. 
But of course, well before they expire, they always start a new levy to take over the old levy because they don't want that, that, uh, that gravy train to go away because then they'd have to actually budget for it inside of the city or the county budget. And heaven forbid, uh, you know, holy heck would hit the, the fan if that were to happen. But they're, I mean, I think what their, their um, current uh, levy that's going to expire is like a dollar, between a dollar sixty, dollar ninety per thousand. So they're asking for almost double what it used to be at a time when people can't even hardly afford to put gas in their car. And I mean that for the people who are paying rents, whose rents are going up because of all of the inflationary costs. So let's get back on Prop 5. But that's why these happen. So we, the voters, actually vote to approve these things, and that takes the guilt off of them. We didn't do it. You did it. You approved it. So it's okay. We don't have to live within that 1% per year annum of uh, budget increases. That's correct. And so this particular, I don't know how deep anybody's actually got into it, but I have a ton of papers and I got papers all over my whole entire house (laughs) that I pull on a regular basis and go through. This particular levy. You know what? Before we get into those details, we've got to take our short break. Let's go ahead and do that, and we'll come back before we – I don't want to interrupt you when you do that. This is Saturday Morning Live. We're talking to Lori Williams about no on Prop 5 and why you should vote no. And let's get back to solutions. Let's get back to um, mom-and-pop daycares where they just took in one or two or three extra kids as supplemental income. This is Saturday Morning Live. We'll be right back. Want to win big? We're celebrating 50 years at Barron. Join us this Friday at our Ferndale showroom. Hi, I'm John Barron, owner of Barron Heating, AC, Electrical, and Plumbing. And I'm Brad Barron, fourth generation here at Barron. Since 1972, our customers have been the heart of our business. We'd like to invite you to join us Friday, November 4th, from 11 to 1 at our Ferndale showroom. Enjoy a bite to eat, cake, games, prizes, and more. Plus, get an extra entry for our big prize, 5,000 Barron bucks, towards any Barron service or installation. We love this community and want to celebrate with savings on solar, generators, plumbing, air duct cleaning, and more. Plus, save 20% on services like annual maintenance as a Silver Shield member. And five people will win 5,000 Baron Bucks towards any Baron service or installation. Book now through November 30th to be entered to win. From all of us at Baron, thank you. We look forward to serving you for years to come. Baron Heating, AC, Electrical, and Plumbing. Our mission, improving lives. No purchase necessary. Visit BaronHeating.com for details. Hi, I'm Dan Johnson, running for state representative. With increased crime, the cost of living, and students falling behind, our state is heading in the wrong direction. This November, you decide where we go from here. As your next state representative, I will fix these issues. Instead of defunding police and releasing dangerous criminals from prison, I will support law enforcement and give them back the tools they need to keep dangerous criminals off the street. Rather than add more taxes that increase the cost of living, I'll vote to cut property taxes, sales tax, and the gas tax. If you hear this and think, I could sure use a break right now, I'm right there with you because you won't get this from my opponent. My opponent works directly for Governor Jay Inslee. We can't afford another two years of more anti-police laws, higher gas taxes, and more fees that add to the cost of living. If you want something different out of Olympia, you need someone who will vote differently in Olympia. I'm Dan Johnson, and I would be honored to be your next state representative. Paid for by Vote Dan Johnson.
It's Saturday Morning Live, where we're live, we're about liberty, and focused on you. In studio with me is Lori Williams. Lori Williams is the chair of the No on Prop 5. What is Prop 5? Prop stands for property tax. Five is just the number in the line of all the issues as they came through the year. And this is to have a 19-cent levy lift on the existing child care special levy that is already on your property tax that will increase it to 94 cents per thousand dollars which equates to a six hundred and fifty thousand dollar home paying about six hundred and eleven dollars to whatcom county to go down to olympia and get filtered back up to be distributed and i don't know which way uh before i get back to Lori, the caller who called in with a question for Lori. We didn't really get enough details on that, so if you want to call back in to ask your question of Lori, that would be greatly appreciated. Otherwise, we're going to just move on at this point and let Lori get into the details of what's going on with um, her organization and trying to educate people about what's going on with child care. So, Lori, you know that they started, uh, they pushed this, let's, down in the legislature, let's... Let's put these new laws and regulations into child care where people who are, if you're going to take a child in that is not of your family, you're now going to have to um, go through, the, you know, you're going to have to have your home inspected. You're going to have to do all these changes to your home. You're going to have to get this license. You're going to now become an SEIU union member. So part of that money is going to go to a union and we're going to be able to come in and we're going to inspect your home on a regular basis. I mean, this, this affected people who took care of their elderly, uh, you know, that did that out of the graciousness of their heart. You know, if, they, if you were taking care of an elderly person or if you were taking care of two or three or one, two or three or whatever um, of your friends who were going to work. And, and so they paid you an affordable amount to them, which amount let you stay home with your kid and help you to be a stay-at-home parent if that's what you wanted to be. And now all of a sudden they said, well, I, I don't, you know, I don't want to go through thousands of dollars of changes to my home and 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 have to pay a licensing fee every year and, and, and have to uh, have part of the money that I make go to a union and, and now I'm going to, you know, it, it's just, it's kind of crazy. It's, it's, I, I akin it to like say if, if you're going to adopt a child, as opposed to having a child naturally. You know, I have a child naturally. Nobody comes into my home and tells me i got to do this, i got to do that, i got to make all these changes to my home, and, and you got to take all these special classes and do this and do that. Um, but if you're going to adopt a child, I mean, the hoops that you have to go through in order to adopt a child, I mean, I'm not saying that you should have to do nothing, but I'm telling you it's a, a very big process to take in a foster child or adopt a child as opposed to just being able to naturally have a child. And some people can't do that, don't want to do that, or want to do something else. And this, to me, it's akin to that. You know, you are being asked to do something that is detrimental to our ability to have children, to raise children in a healthy environment. And no offense, some people want to and have to put them into these large child care centers. But I don't believe that that, for a flat second, is the best environment for our babies and our toddlers to grow up in. Oh, I absolutely agree. I just did um, an interview, I think it was on Wednesday, and 
Some of the people from Lydia Place was there. Um, you know, this is also backed by Chalkinet Ma- Health Manor down in Skagit County. And these guys, when as of that moment on Wednesday, had over 200 and I think it was $40,000 that had been donated. Uh, but 50000 of that came from Chalkinet Manor. During that conversation of us having this debate back and forth, about uh, this particular levy at hand is, um, you know, they state, I mean, that latte, and you are right, that $8 latte that they're trying to push across the board, that that's all it's going to cost you per month, they're they're lying through their teeth. Mm -hmm. And people need to realize that. The other part about this is it's the most vulnerable Right. That's mm-hmm. what they're stating. These are the most vulnerable children. Zero to five. We need to have them ready to attend school. Right. OK. Well, as a parent, I have five, five kids, eight between my husband and I, 25 grandchildren, 12 live here. And then the rest of them throughout Washington. And uh, you don't look old enough states. to do that. Thank you. <laughs> um, so I didn't have anybody to help me raise my children. Mm-hmm. Um not that we have to be the greatest parents, but I, I think that they're going at this through kind of like the backdoor situation, pulling at the heartstrings of yeah. the American people. It's for the kids. This it's is, for the kids. It's for happy children, happy children. It's all about, you know, the best well-being of the child. Well, I hate to say that as a newborn baby, me to hand over my newborn baby to you mm-hmm. and you're going to take care of it, who's the best person to take care of that baby? Or your or your mother? Or your sister, if you or your neighbor, you know, right? Correct. I mean, when but I was when I was growing up, okay, and having kids, okay. So the with my first child, my, uh, my sister took care of my first child and a friend's child. You know, we both got pregnant the second time around, we were real close together, and she kind of looked at us both and said, mm, "Not taking care of four. And so we worked it out. Yes, we between the two of us worked out our shifts. And we basically raised our four kids back and forth together. So it didn't cost us a dime. Our children had excellent care. They were very well socialized. And believe me, it wasn't any harder to take care of two than it was to take care of four. Sometimes Something about getting over that two, and then it's like yeah. the rest is just a piece well, of cake. I went from two to four in, in one birth. <laughs> okay. so, um, so anyway... To to get a full understanding of this, you really have to read the paperwork. Mm-hmm. You have to dig into it. 45 I, pages of it. No, that's just the 45 pages of the licensed daycare and the restrictions mm-hmm. that you have to follow and go through, mm-hmm. which put a ton of people out of business. Yes. So now, through this whole entire Prop 5, there they originally stated eight million one hundred thousand or something like that that they're going to get for their first year mm-hmm. actually that's going to be more like 12 12 million point something mm-hmm. and so that's for their 19 cents or the 94 that's the 19 cents but it's okay. going to increase it no matter what right. however you look at that yes uh it's going to be in the abundance so when you look through their paperwork it clearly states in their own documentation that twenty to no less than twenty percent, no more than thirty six percent will go to the vulnerable children. Mm-hmm. Well, 
Why are we paying this tax? Exactly. For vulnerable children. So in this last, um, and and so it it doesn't really tell you. Does it tell you where the rest is going to go? Oh, to bureaucracy, people's pockets, how to to create a facility or to facilitate money to go back to these child cares that might have been once in place or still are, Mm -hmm. that they're going to give them a fund. Mm -hmm. You know, they can give them a grant that they might be able to put in that new wash sink. Or they might be able to do this, or they might be able to so, do that. So they'll get to pick and choose what kind of money you get and how you can spend it and in order to make it so that you're better able to help children. So where where is it? But but the the information is so vague. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely vague. Zero to five. Well, we all know our government always imposes upon and, and constantly is getting into the middle of people's business. I think this is another one of those. Mm-hmm. So when... When Julie said that the money, there could be grants to people who need to update their, their facilities. So, but we're talking about healthy children, right? Vulnerable, mm-hmm. healthy children, children at risk. So one of the questions I asked this last Wednesday was, well, is there going to be a curriculum? Is there going to be a standard curriculum? Because that's what we're talking about. It's the, the child's brain, the capacity of their brain and how they learn. And this is going to be very, very important. And we need to do this. But no curriculum of learning or teaching these children. No, because it's all about social emotional learning. So how does that get them? If you're not going to, t- I was teaching. But isn't that what we do when we take in a few other kids into our home on yes, a regular basis? Yes. That's social emotional learning. That's the best thing they do because they, they play, they have nap time, yes. they eat together, you go out to the park. That's social emotional what, learning. What person does not say A, apple, B, ball, show the little things, one, two, three, get down on the floor, count out beans. That's how I, that's how I taught my kids, red, apple, yellow, you know, yeah, well, I was putting the socks away, and I would name the color of the yes. sock as I put them away. And, and so we're teaching that. The problem is this isn't about the children. One, this is about the money. Mm-hmm. Two, I think more so this is about um, the, to, get to, to get to the core of this whole entire issue is they, they want to also ha- deal with homelessness. Mm-hmm. They want to deal with mental health. They want to deal with all of these things. And so supposedly this zero to five uh, vulnerable children also has other uh, criteria that comes with this. We haven't been able to fix the mental health and we've been pouring tons and tons of money into it. Mm -hmm. We haven't been able to, to fix the drug addictions, but we're pouring tons and tons of money into it. Maybe it's not the zero to five that needs to get fixed. Maybe it's the parents that could use the help. Mm-hmm. And so instead of putting a child in daycare, why don't we have a supplemental where we supplement the family so the mother can stay home mm-hmm. and take care of the child instead of having to be forced to go to work and then, mm-hmm. you know, put the child in daycare. This is a big business, and they actually stated that it costs more to put a child in child care of course than it, it actually did to send somebody to Western Washington for a four-year degree. Yeah, you've got, you've so, got, yeah, you've got fees, you've got regulation, you've got capital costs, you've got um, uh, utility uh, regular expenditures on a daily basis, you've got wages, you've got uh, and payroll taxes, uh, you know, property taxes, you've got huge costs, overheads going on yeah. that are not happening in a small in-home type daycare, or being able to stay at home to take care of your own child. But the one question I think everybody should ask is why is our Whatcom County Health Department 
the overseer of this program? Hmm. Why are they? That's a good question with no answers. Not only that, but it took me a while to get Julie to admit that even as us taxpayers, middle-income people, medium-income people, living a medium-income life, that we're going to be paying as a property owner but could possibly be be just above the threshold that you're not going to be able to use this without having to pay a copay. (laughs) So this is not free. No. This is not a free program. We as taxpayers are going to be paying to this. The families might not be able to utilize it without paying a copay. We're talking about 5,000 children, supposedly. 5,000 children, which was just created over the pandemic because previous to the pandemic, they only had 18 children that needed help. Now we're at 5,000. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just a crazy amount that these guys are well, trying. Well, it's, it's a problem they created, okay? And they're going it to make the problem worse. That's right. They're not going to... Throwing money at a problem and telling everybody that it's it's a solution has never... Have, have we been getting a better result from our public schools by paying more and more money? No. Matter of fact, I have, in, in, this, in, in Whatcom County, I have 12, 13 grandchildren mm-hmm. just in Whatcom County alone. Two of them, which lived with me just recent, till recently. I was on the Zoom calls. I was in my house mm-hmm. listening, and um, it was a nightmare. It was an absolute nightmare, this whole entire Zoom learning was ridiculous. Right. I, you know what? I, I will say that when I first heard that they were going to be doing that, because I had been seeing what was going on in the public schools for decades, and I said, all right, all right, the parents are going to have a huge wake up because they are going to see with their own eyes what has been going on in the classroom. Not that, and I'm not even talking about the Zoom experience, which of course was not good for children. I'm talking about just the curriculum itself and you know the the chaos that is happening inside of our classrooms because our public schools are just these great big factories anymore and we've got to get out of that model so i know i'm moving on you know talking about something else but it is about children and raising healthy children so again i just want people to realize that if they go to their documentation page five paragraph paragraph five it'll tell you no less than 20% and no more than 30% of this levy revenue proceeds will be supporting children, vulnerable children. We need to be asking ourselves, where is the rest of that money going to? How much more of a government is going to be involved in our home? And could they just possibly come to your, your birthing room the day you give birth and say, we need your child now, zero to five. There's nothing in this that breaks it down to say, is this... A volunteer? Is this a takeover? Just out of curiosity, have you looked to see how much money is currently in that fund? Well, somebody said in this particular fund, I'm not sure. But in March of 2021, um, Biden, he gave a $39 billion buyout for child care. So this particular funding has received a huge amount of that grant base, which is how they're going to create, distribute through that. Mm-hmm. With lots of child uh, strings attached, I imagine. Yeah. But, I, but the people on the other side, 
I don't think they quite realize that with all of the taxes that are hitting us at, at the beginning of this year and through this next year, it's astronomical. Renters' rent will go up. If a, if a property owner has a rental, they're going to increase that because, as you they said, have to. $611, right. it's not a mocha. Right. It's well, you hundreds take, okay, t- t- of mochas. Take a look at that EMS levy, okay? So you got 94 cents over here for child care. That increases it by $611. Now you got a $2.95 uh, levy. What's that? That's going to be $1,800, almost $2,000 that's that going to be on your property tax bill. So we're, we're going to have to wrap it up here. Solutions very quickly. And Solutions is dig into this. Look at it. Do not do it with your heart. Actually Think about it from your pocketbook because this is going to be detrimental to our county. To the county and to the children. And the children. The solution is get rid of that completely and let people take care of the children the way we did before they enacted all of these rules, regulations. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Lori. Have a wonderful day. Happy Halloween to everybody. Be safe out there. This is Saturday Morning Live signing off.